Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hey, everybody, before we start this episode, I just wanted to take a quick second to let you know that we are continuing to do our blood drive with Geekscape. At the end of September, we will be drawing our winners. Here's what we need from you. Go and donate some blood. People need it desperately. Tag HMN Podcast, tag Geekscape Forever on Instagram, and use hashtag Geekscape Gives. When you do that, you will be entered into a drawing, and the lucky winner of that drawing will not just get a free Blu-ray copy of A Quiet Place 2, we'll also send you a shirt. We'll follow up to get your shirt size and which design you would like us to use. So, pick up a copy of A Quiet Place Part 2. The film is hailed by critics and audiences around the world. It's the biggest thriller of the summer. A Quiet Place 2 is available on a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and digital. Following the deadly events at home, the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they continue to fight for survival in silence. Brian talked about this on the show already. He absolutely loved it. You can experience the whole Abbott family saga with the two-movie collection available exclusively on Blu-ray and digital. While it's cool that you're going to get a Blu-ray, the biggest thing that we can ask is please go out and donate. The world needs it so badly right now. And a big shout out, a big thank you to Paramount Pictures for giving us these copies for us to give away to help with the blood drive. We appreciate it more than you can ever know. Let's try to end September on a great note and we'll get some of those Blu-rays out there. And now the show.
Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. It is the final episode of our best listener submitted month in a long time. And we are talking about Castle Freak. Let's throw to the email because it's our longest email for sure for this month. It says, okay, I'm losing my mind. After watching it on Shudder, I swear to God that you guys did an episode on Castle Freak, but I've been scrolling through your episodes and I cannot find it. Maybe you've just mentioned it in every episode in which a Full Moon Pictures logo appears, and I'm stitching all those memories together into one consistent imaginary episode. I know I am phenomenally late or extremely early for Listener Submitted Month, but if you haven't already done it and it's not on any of your shortlists, I think it is genuinely worth talking about. The combination of an actually decent premise and a beautiful location applied to a movie where everything else has the goofiest possible execution definitely makes for an interesting watch. Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs are both acting furiously alongside a walking anomaly of their daughter. (laughs) And I would watch either of them read to me from the Apple terms and conditions, so I was thrilled with that. I'll also give the movie props for a glass-in-the-eyes flashback that did make me physically cringe in spite of the film stock that looks like it was microwaved before using. I'm curious if I'm just somehow not seeing an episode of Castle Freak that does exist, or if I am, feel free to mention it in the email for the show to the listeners so they know how delusional I am, and that's from Corwin. Corwin, who made a great, great t-shirt design for us during the pandemic. You can see it on our Public. Yeah, I feel like he summed up a lot of it for me right there. Like... Uh, the the biggest thing there's a lot that i can say about castle freak and we will get there but the biggest thing that struck me as weird in this movie is that i feel like you have a 17 year old actress who seems to think she's playing a six-year-old throughout the rest of this movie (laughs) it is so fucking weird like no teenager refers to people as mommy and daddy that often yeah unless there's like some sort of weird upbringing going on and and you know, I just feel like so much of this movie is is a weird question. Everything that people do, I'm like, is that really what you wanted? <laughs> this is one of those movies. You know how, like, what made people love The Room so much was that, like, it's definitely a bad script, but it feels like that whole movie, everyone is reading the line with the wrong emphasis, and that's, yes. like, what makes that movie so strange. Like, that applies to specifically the daughter in Castle Freak, and I feel like the scene that really sealed the deal for me is towards the very end, where Jeffrey Co- the police think Jeffrey Combs has murdered a prostitute, and the wife is leaving him, and they're in the car, and Jeffrey Combs suddenly pieces everything together, and he goes... I know what happened, and I can prove it. And the daughter just goes, bye, daddy. So good. He is insane. And I've watched this movie a couple times, and I swear to God, as I hit play, I had no recollection of that opening <laughs> scene. What, did he do what I just thought, thought I think he did? Yeah, he just stood up and turned his ass into the microphone and farted as loud as he could. I think that's his review of Castle Freak. I love how he said as loud as I could, like I had any control over it. <laughs> he said, let me turn this one up, and then you adjusted the dial on your, your hip. <laughs> like, oh, dude, now that is what Inspector Gadget would be like if we re- rewrote <laughs> You rewrite Inspector Gadget like that. Or RoboCop. Are they consuming organic matter, or are they just, like, getting battery-powered back up? I feel like RoboCop, he definitely, like, they hook him into a chair with some cables to keep him going. And but I'm pretty sure I've seen, like, Inspector Gadget, but, like, it's been 20 years since I watched the cartoon, but I'm pretty sure I've seen him take down, like, Scooby-Doo-sized sub-sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that's probably accurate. You, real quick, I know this has nothing to do with Castle Freak, but you know how like the internet has all these crazy like cartoons from our childhood conspiracy theories? Yeah. The Inspector Gadget one is my favorite one, and I have chosen to fully buy into that conspiracy theory. It's that Dr. Claw is the original person who Inspector Gadget was built out of. That's a really clever concept. I love it. I know that that is absolutely not what's happening, but I'm just going to believe that that's what's going on every time I watch anything from that cartoon now. It's just like, you know, Dr. Claw is the real Inspector, <laughs> Inspector Gadget. So, yeah, I never remember this opening sequence and to a certain point, I wonder if it was just added to beef up the running time. I feel like this is Full Moon Pictures. That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's shot entirely at the Charles Band Manor to save money. Yep. Almost every movie we've talked about has been shot in this exact same castle <laughs> that he just happens to own in Italy. Okay, so this wasn't... Because that's where I thought we brought up Castle Freak, but I guess not. I thought there was a movie... Where they shot it in a weekend. Dolls, because Dolls, Puppet Master, and Castle Freak are all in the same place, right? Yeah, but wasn't there a movie that someone else just shot? We we reviewed it and it was made in like a weekend. It wasn't made they... in a weekend, but Dolls was shot while they were finishing up the special effects for From Beyond. Since okay, they had the whole cast it. on That's set. That's right. Yeah, so they were like that working on special effects in one area of the castle and just filming dolls on the on a whim okay. <laughs> at the other oh. end of the castle. So that story uh, did not tie to Castle Freak. I thought it did. No, we probably mentioned that it was the same castle as Castle Freak uh, gotcha. because they all are. They all are. I mean, so here's the thing: how many castles I, do you need to own? All right. Yeah, one. that's true. You just need the one. That's it's bragging rights. Have to mention this because it's such an influence on on this podcast for me is Scott and Brian are both, and any listener is very well aware, I'm a huge fan of the Flophouse. Yes. Which is where I discovered Invisible Maniac, which still to this day continues to be one of my absolute <laughs> favorite things that we've ever watched for this podcast. But I need to read the top piece of trivia on IMDb. The film is now a running joke on the popular podcast, The Flophouse. <laughs> The film was a source of a year-long controversy dubbed by the fans as Ding Dong Gate, centered around when co-host Stuart Wellington insisted that the castle freak ripped off his own genitals in this movie. The debate was seemingly put to rest when the director Stuart Gordon responded to a tweet from a young Flophouse fan to confirm that no, the castle freak does not rip out his own Ding Dong. Regardless, the film is referenced with nearly every episode of the podcast, along with two other Wellington favorites, The Invisible Maniac and Head of the Family. This joke has run for so long, side note, that if you go on the Wikipedia page for Castle Freak, its recommended viewings are Head of Family and Invisible Maniac. No. Oh, my God. I dream of Horror Movie Night having that level of power that we are like, I don't know, a reference point for Phantom of the Paradise or something. <laughs> Can you imagine what the uh, edits on that Wikipedia page would look like? <laughs> It'd be some fucking idiot who's like always trying to keep us on there and then just normal humans being like, no, 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 no. Chris, Chris and I have debated going on to every Wikipedia page for every song that we've did an episode of One Hit Thunder on and just write down if the song was a certified thunder or blunder on the One Hit Thunder podcast. It'd be actually pretty funny to see how long those would stay up because, <laughs> you know, it's not like... I feel like Wikipedia has to be some sort of wasteland in that sense, right? At one point on Geekscape, uh, one of the guests, Jason Nellis, was on the show, and Jonathan dared him to do the saltine challenge, where you eat, like, I think it's like nine saltines in a minute or something like that. 
Nellis completed the task. Like he successfully ate the nine saltines in a minute. We had it on tape. There was a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to the saltine challenge with a list of people who had successfully completed it. And we kept trying to submit Nellis's name with the video and Wikipedia kept pulling it down for not having enough information to back up our claim, which seems <laughs> insane to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much information do you need? Yeah. It was within seconds. Someone was really policing that Saltine Challenge Wikipedia page. Hardcore. Back to Castle Freak. Almost every scene with the family, which, as was mentioned in the email, Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton, just feels like a weird improv scene. Well, it's because Jeffy Combs is a, like, a thespian, and Barbie Crampton, at the time, had mostly just... She, she was doing a lot of soap operas, if I remember correctly. Before she t did Reanimator, she was just doing soaps. Here's the other thing that's insane to me. I always feel like this movie's older than it is because this is yeah. 10 years after Reanimator. This is 1995. Yeah. And Barbara Crampton, so she did Reanimator and From Beyond. And then I think she basically stopped doing movies and was just doing soaps, if I remember correctly. This is uh, this is foggy Off in my the brain. Dome. Yeah. 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 But then she had kids. And was doing just a couple movies, one-offs, as her kids were growing up. And then yeah. she just burst back on the scene in, like, the mid-2010s because her kids were, I think they are in college or out of college. And she was like, well, what do I do? Oh, I guess I go yeah. back and to making horror movies. Like Beyond, yeah, she did, like, Beyond the Gates and stuff like that. Yeah, that and, and uh, We Are Still Here and all that. One of the things that startled me in this movie is it's two scenes pretty much back-to-back -back that actually got, like, a reaction out of me and a, like, ugh, was, A, just the shot of that murdered cat getting, like, tossed to the ground, like, kind of was, was a little gross. But then yeah. immediately after that, it's him ripping off his thumb, which I was just like, no, thank you. Yeah, this was a hard one, too, with slugs last week, because they're both pretty gross. You yeah. know, they're just grimy. They just feel grimy. Talk about grimy. The scene with Jeffrey Combs and the prostitute is like one of the most gratuitous, filthy things I think we've ever watched on this show. Yeah, I was hoping that you weren't going to bring it up, but here we are. Uh, we don't have to get into the details, but I was like, Jesus Christ, at like one shot where like Jeffrey Combs is, is like a step away from turning into a full-blown softcore like Cinemax movie yeah as much as i want to see that in 1995 2021 i'm kind of past it yeah <laughs> yeah like uh, just let him be my weird horror dad i don't want him to be my weird horror daddy <laughs> future shirt <laughs> again things on the wikipedia page i would love for there to be some type of the cast of horror movie night finds jeffrey combs very sexually arousing <laughs> i mean I, I don't think that i want that on my conscience really i don't because because in the eventuality of meeting him, I don't want to be like, oh, hey, I'm one of the guys that, like, you know, propagated this joke about you being hot. <laughs> what if he was just like, are you trying to say I'm not? I would be very respectful and be like, I find your mind to be very charming. There you go. That's the sweetest thing a person could say to another person. Exactly. I hope someone says that about me one day, that my mind is very charming. <laughs> Matt, your mind is very charming. I don't think that that's true, but thank you. <laughs> well, we just found out how the exact conversation was going to go anyway. <laughs> so let's talk about the Castle Freak itself. Because I think that this is one of those weird movies where, A, I don't think the Castle Freak ever really looks like the picture on the box art nope. to me. But I think that they do a really good job of, like, half this movie, he's like, 
pseudo invisible man bandaged up like covering up the prosthetics and there's like a lot of stuff of him in shadows but then you get to the final scene where it's like a thunderstorm and man every time that lightning strikes he looks fucking great yeah. <laughs> like, like it is a really good makeup effect on this creature he's a man he's a man, he's a man whatever <laughs> he's a man and apparently like the actor had to lo- like lost something like 40 pounds to like play the character to like Yikes. make sure that he was like skinny enough to like really just look like he had been eating nothing in a cellar except for, for cats for years except for cats this is one that i can't believe we haven't gotten around to i enjoyed rewatching it but as is a lot of these movies that i haven't watched for quite a few years and then we watch for the show i'm also kind of like i don't need to rewatch this anytime soon <laughs> like yeah i feel like that's you know and i hate to say it on air but i'm i think that transparency is important but I'm getting to a point with this, with our content, that I need to make some decisions about what I'm picking because I'm not getting the good feelings from watching Slugs and Castle Freak. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm more like. I mean, next week's pick, I think, will will be the the adrenaline booster that you need so badly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like there are just so many. I'm. I got to put it in words, or else I'm gonna feel stupid. But I just feel like there are so many movies that are notorious and I don't care to rewatch notorious movies. I think that also we have to remember that like as much as we pinpoint the 70s as like the exploitation era, man, the the late 80s into the pre-scream era was almost as bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you're not wrong. Like 88 to like 95, 95 you yeah. had just as much like really expl- cuz everything was just going straight to video, so it was like Fuck it. Well, I don't know if they were saying fuck it. I think that they might have been saying, like, we're losing viewership. We need to go more extreme. We need to go more. And also, since it's going direct to video, we can because no one's going to stop us. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Scream was just like, instead of doing all that, because Scream really. It's very tame, all things considered. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, aside from the stabbings, right? I I mean, I think it set up that template where, like, I do get frustrated when people bitch about, like, PG 13 and PG horror because like we've seen examples where it's great you know Gretel and Hansel is such a great example of like you can make a PG horror movie that is effective and unsettling and fucking warped you know what I mean like you can yeah because it's all about tone and atmosphere it's not necessarily about like what you're showing most of the time it's what you're not showing yeah of course unless we're talking about Deadly Spawn then it's all about what you're showing yeah no no no. we want to see all of it hi listeners I'm Carolina and I'm Tessa and together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Femme Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. 
Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, what do you think is your double feature for Castle Freak? So, I mean, I would definitely put it with something in the full moon universe the full universe if you would um, i like but, that i can't believe we haven't gotten to that already <laughs> but i i have to have a good time because i didn't have a great time so i think i the only answer is uh puppet master littlest reich which is just fun yeah that is a good time yeah yeah i i agree with that scott i'll let you go first because i'm gonna basically repeat something that i've said on the show before i'm gonna go with i don't know if this is allowed but who makes the rules, right? Yeah. I'm going to go with the wraparound scene segment in Necronomicon Book of the Dead, where nice. where Jeffrey Combs is playing H.P. Lovecraft with a ridiculous prosthetic nose. Yes. That's the Jeffrey Combs I want to see. And I'm going to say something that I've already said on the show before. I'm going to double feature this with Cellar Dweller, because Cellar Dweller makes more sense for the name of Castle Yeah. Free. Yeah. All right. So what is something all of y'all want to discuss, promote? What have you watched, et cetera? I almost didn't have anything. And then I found out, I saw my brother not too long ago, and he brought something up that I thought I brought up on the show, but I didn't yet, which is that I read the uh, novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And... I loved it for the most part. You got to get pet like the first the first chapter is like Quentin Tarantino without anyone putting a leash on him. So like it's literally like character development in the most boring way. Like it's like each character's like first movie that they watched and their love of movies and what type of movies they watched and like they loved this movie starring this guy but didn't love this movie that he was also in. But in spite, it was just too much. But after that, great story. Literally just about 60s Hollywood in a 48-hour period. Like, it's not really... If you're like, oh, dude, the ending was so cool. Like, I want to see... It's not really like that as much as it's really just hyper-focused on Hollywood in the 60s. My my favorite thing that I know about the book, and I do want to actually read it, but I, I, mentioned, I asked Brian about this because I was like, I heard this. Is this true? Is that in the in the closing of the book, it says what happened to like all of the characters following that 48 hour period. And one of the characters had a career revival when they appeared in a Quentin Tarantino movie. So it does tell you what happens to all of them. I'm pretty sure it's been like a month since I read it. I'm pretty sure that comment is midway through the book. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had to make sure he got his shout out. But he, yeah, the he definitely he definitely put one of the characters in one of his movies. I'm yes. going to talk about something that I haven't talked about on this show for a really long time. But yesterday I hung out with a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a bit. And we had what we used to call our trash day where we would just eat trashy food and watch trashy TV. And we watched like seven episodes of Drag Race UK season two 
which is arguably the best season of Drag Race since like season six of the normal Drag Race, just because British people are a lot nicer than Americans. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's it was one of those weird shows where uh, I was absolutely cheering for someone who I knew was one of the worst drag queens on the show, but they just seemed so nice that I was like, go them. Uh, but yeah, no, so Drag Race is my thing. And Scott, what is um, something you want to talk about? So I have two small things. One All is... All the small things? No, just two <laughs> of the small things. I was trying to get some sleep the other night and was just like, I'm Disney plused out. So I went on Prime, just show me some TV shows. And the first thing that comes up, it says Samurai Troopers. And I'm like, what is that? It looks like it's from the 90s and, and the logo looks familiar. And so I click on it and it was, I think it was called Shogun Warriors or something like that. And I had the toys. Oh, okay. oh nice. I had the, <clears throat> those toys were were ones that I found at like the the odd lots or whatever, you know, like the the bargain bin place because they didn't sell well enough, but they were cool as hell. I remember having the toys and all the armor was like, you could take it off and put it on and it was something like, you know, 40 pieces of armor for each character, but I'd never watched the cartoon. And so I watched a little bit of it. It's super stupid, but there are like (laughs) 28 episodes or something like that. So I may fall asleep watching it some other time. Last night we started watching the first, we watched the first episode of The White Lotus on HBO Max. I heard that's really good. Megan seems to enjoy it more than me. I'll watch it. So it's got a lot of very funny, dry comedians in it. And I think that it's kind of a murder mystery. I don't know. There's not enough to go on with the first episode, although the first episode was an hour long. It's supposed to be funny too. I mean, like it's supposed to be a comedy, but it kind of gives me the Wes Anderson comedy kind of vibe. So, oh, so I would love it and probably if you're hate it. into Got that, it. <laughs> and I know Megan likes Wes Anderson, so she was enjoying herself, I was enjoying being with her, and I'll watch more of it. So take that for what you will, and, and give it a shot if you have HBO Max. Cool, cool, All right, cool. well, that was the end of Listener Submit It Month. Uh, as much as we enjoyed the picks this month, as Scott said, they were a little dour. So... We're going we're gonna to put a big old smile on our face, grab a bag of popcorn, and just have a good old time next week as we get back to what we do best here at Horror Movie Night, which is talk about movies that we loved but kind of hate. <laughs> so <laughs> go and check it all out. Hit up our Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, and we will be back with more Horror Movie Night next week. listening to the Geekscape Network. Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday.
streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com, and of course, the Geekscape Network. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 